Yes, that line falls on the right face. All right, not bad. Not that Mackie. Not Back in time. All right, the voice is kind of getting there. We're we're getting there. We're working through it here on a Thursday morning, 2.03. Mick Monagle here with you on the fan. Our brief little three-hour appointment. I hope you're all well. I'm going to be positive today. Fliegelman's wearing the Knicks t-shirt. Basketball started, right? That's ultimately all that matters. Who cares? They both lost games they should have won. Who cares, right? Who cares the Knicks come out of the game and and start and can't hit a basket from two feet away? It's not that big a deal. Who cares that they can't hit foul shots? That's not going to stick with me all all morning long, no. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to focus on some of the positives, but let's get into this game as the basketball season starts much like every single one. I hate to be cliched, and I hate to be – I heard Keith saying it. I've been I've done opens just on how bad the New York sports scene is. But, of course, on opening day of the basketball season, or opening night, should I say, uh, of course you're going to get two heartbreaking losses. Of course you're going to get a game where the Knicks absolutely to start were just awful, and Kristaps Porzingis is just unstoppable. He hits every single shot. He's what he had four blocks tonight. How many? I, I he got how many blocks tonight? Four blocks early in the game. He's pretty much keeping them out of the paint. He's hitting three pointers. They were chanting "F Porzingis" from the 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 crowd. He's hitting game winning three pointers. Kristaps Porzingis comes in and just in that Celtic green with that new vamp lineup of a team that went to the game seven of the conference finals last year. And a Boston Celtics team that's been good here for the last handful of years. You know how great Tatum is. And now they get Holiday and Porzingis to add to the new lineup. And they come and make their debut in the Garden against the New York Knicks. And it's a game they absolutely should have won. It's a game the Knicks absolutely should have won if they could have shot the ball a little bit. It's a weird game. Overall, it's just a weird game. They're terrible from, you know, their field goal percentage in the game is 37%. They're 53% from the foul line, 14 for 26. I mean, just right there, hit another five foul shots, you win the game. But they're 43% from three. They shut the lights out from, from down behind the arc. It was just a weird game. Brunson and Randall were awful, especially to start this game. They had moments, I suppose, but they weren't very good. Quickly looked great. And that's really, like, the takeaway from it, I'm going to try and be positive. Let's try and be positive, right? Because we've done enough negative. And we're going to get to our two football teams later in the day. We're going to get to our baseball teams. All negative, negative, negative for the most part. Although if the Jets win this game, they'll be 4-3 and and ready to go take on the world. But let's just be a little positive with the Knicks, at least. Excuse me, I'm working through it. Um, Because if you look at this game, you do not expect... Randall and Brunson to be this bad. I mean, Randall's five for 22. Brunson's six for 21. 
they were about as bad as you can be. We saw a couple of flops. I thought Brent, uh, Brunson did come down on a, on a foot there, and it shouldn't have been a flop. But like ultimately, they were awful. The Knicks early on in this game were awful. Couldn't hit a shot. They didn't take a three-pointer. I think the first 12 shots they put up were from within inside the arc, which is unusual for them. But if you look at the game, if you if you want to take on this Celtic team, where was Tatum terrific? I don't know. He scored 34 points. Porzingis in his first game scoring 30 as a Boston Celtic. The most ever for a Boston Celtic debut, which is amazing to hear, considering all the great players they have. Holiday, you know, reminds Doc of uh, Maurice Cheeks. We heard that about four times, how much he reminds Doc of Maurice Cheeks. But, like, they played relatively well. They didn't play their best game. It's going to take some time for the Celtics to figure out who they are with this new lineup. But Porzingis played great. Tatum had 34 points. Holiday made big plays and, and early on was playing, you know, Randall well defensively. Going ISO on Randall. Going ISO Randall on Holiday made no sense. We saw it two or three times early in this game. Like, they played relatively well. The Knicks were awful to start. Their two-star players gave you absolutely nothing. And the game was in the balance, and they had every opportunity to win this game. I'm going to take it as somewhat of a positive that, you know what? It's a weird game. It's the first game of the year. No shots were falling early on. Their two best players did absolutely nothing in this game. They shot 37% from the field. They shot 53% from the line, 14 for 26 including Randall one for five from the line. And yet, up late in the game, big three-pointers from uh, Grimes, big three-pointers from Hart. Randall was getting to the basket. Uh, excuse me, um, R.J. Barrett was getting to the basket and quickly came out first time off the bench and was instant access, uh, instant offense. Looked like he was ready to you know make a statement, quite honestly. He came out of the gate looking to shoot looking to make plays, uh, and quickly, obviously, with the the um, not coming to a contract with the Knicks, who's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year, was looking to really make a, a point in this game, and hopefully that's the kind of motivated, talented, quickly we get all year long. And you know what Josh Hart brings? You know what the – if, if you know, Randall actually shot – what um, R.J. Barrett actually shot well from behind the line, too, I think. Randall, three from eight. He looked like he uh, – excuse me, I'm sorry. R.J. Barrett, two for five from behind the three-point line. Like, I thought he looked better shooting the basketball. He was getting to the line, getting to the basket. And I just felt like, overall, it wasn't a great game. It's a weird game to start the season. Shots aren't falling early, and the two best players are absolutely just no-shows for whatever reason. And that's not something you expect on a night. At least, I mean, Brunson had a bad night. That's that's It happens. Randall had an off night. It's the first game of the year. Not a big deal. So despite all that, playing against a team everybody thinks is still, even with uh, you know, even with the moves the, the Bucks have made, a lot of people still will tell you that the, the Celtics are the best team in the East. They went against the best team in the East. Porzingis had a good night, a great night for his first ever as a Celtic. Tatum still scored 34 points. They hit absolutely no shots, couldn't hit three, anything from the foul line, and still were right in this game. Like for me... I'm going to take that as somewhat a positive. It sucks to have the game end down uh, down the stretch the way it did, to finally come back all the way back, take the lead, have a five-point lead at one point, feel like you had, uh, you know, especially after the four-point play from Grimes, you felt like you had this game in hand, and all you had to do was not blow it, and that's exactly what happens at the end, and Porzingis is the one who does it to you again. 
Porzingis absolutely just, it's, you know, you know what he's capable of. Like, we knew, you know what he's capable of. I mean, yeah, he's bounced around a little bit. Yeah, he's been unable to stay healthy. But when Porzingis is playing, and the element he now brings to the Celtics, his size, I mean, that three-pointer is guarded pretty well by Randall. He's just too freaking tall, and he, you know, he, he lets go of the ball too high in the air, and he's too damn good. And the four blocks early on were really, you could, you could make the case that he was impacting those shots early on to start the game where they were either intimidated to go to the basket, weren't comfortable around the basket. I mean, he impacted this game in every way you could. Defensively, offensively, you know, getting forearms to the face. Like, there was just, he was all over the place involved in every play. He played 38 minutes in this game. And he looks like he could bring a dynamic to the Celtics, and that's exactly why they went out and got him. So having said all of that, to have Porzingis play the way he played, Tatum score 34, feel like the Celtics, although it was their first night together with this new group, played relatively well in the Garden, and the Knicks played and shot the ball particularly awful to be right in it. You know what? I don't care. I'm going to try and take the positive out of it. It could have been worse. They didn't shoot. Everything went against them, and yet still the game in the balance. They got to be better from the free throw line. You know, Randall can't be this, you know, I mean, we talk about it. We know what the Knicks need to do. If Randall's going to play this way, you know, the Knicks don't win. You expect better from Brunson, but Randall was kind of all over the place again. The shot didn't look good. Early on, his isos were unsuccessful. He's not making plays, a little bit careless with the basketball. Like, if that's the way Randall plays, the Knicks aren't going to win. This is going to be, we, we know what Brunson is. We know what the, the surrounding parts are. You know the depth of this team, even though the bench might, even though the actual rotation might only go nine deep, you feel pretty good about that nine. It's one of the better one through nines in the NBA. We know that. But if Randall isn't the kind of guy who's the, you know, all NBA type player having, you know, his kind of night shooting the basketball a lot better than five for 22 and one for five from the free throw line. If he's not better than that, the Knicks aren't going to beat anyone. Certainly not anyone the caliber of the Boston Celtics. So this season is going to go a lot through Julius Randle because you know what Brunson is. You know Brunson in night out, night in, night out. Tonight was an off night for him, first game of the year. Uh, I'll cut him some slack. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't. But you know what he's going to give you. You know the type of play he's going to bring. For the most part, R.J. Barrett's going to get to the basket. He'll have nights where he shoots better than others, but he's going to get to the basket. Quickly, he's going to be the guy off the bench, instant access, give a lot of energy, hit those uh, those floaters, which he had a great floater off the back of the off the backboard. Like he's going to hit those shots. He's going to give you some energy. He's going to hit the three point shot. You know Hart's going to go in there. He's going to fight for rebounds. He's going to hit the open three. He's going to make plays. Hardenstein's going to come in. He's going to take charges. He's going to get under the basket. He's going to get under the skin. And they talked about it on the broadcast. He's like the uh, the guy who gets under the skin of the other team, who's always fighting for loose balls, who's making you elbow him in the face to get, get him off you. Like, he's that kind of guy. Robinson, you know, you wish he was a little bit better from the free throw line but and had no touch around the rim all night long. I mean, how many tip backs and putbacks were missed both by him and Randall? You're going to learn what DiVincenzo is for this team. He didn't have a, uh, obviously didn't have a great night. 0 for um, 4 from the field for DiVincenzo. 0 for, th- 0 for 3 from three-point land. He's just getting his feet wet as a Nick. You kind of have an idea what kind of player he is. So really, I mean, you know what this team is other than Randall. 
because, you know, Randall, I mean, you know what he is when he's good. It's just inconsistent, and will you get it in the big games? And last night for the first opening, for the first game of the year, opening night, you didn't get a good Julius Randle. You didn't get a good um, Brunson. And you overall got a Nick team that couldn't hit water off of the, uh, you know, off of the dock. Just It was just one of those nights. And yet still, they fought hard. They battled. Quickly was there, saving grace, where he was able to get 24 points off the bench playing 28 minutes, 7 for 11 from the field, 5 for 7 from 3. He brought them back into the game. They fought, they battled, they clawed, and at the end they made a couple of mistakes, and the, the Celtics just beat them, and Porzingis was the, the man tonight in his return to the Garden in a Boston Celtic uniform. But ultimately, you move on. You move on. I thought it was a weird game that when you don't play that well and you're still right there with the Celtics on opening night, you know, obviously three months from now, I'm not, I'm not as willing to just turn the other cheek to a bad performance. But but tonight, I'm going to be positive because I'm tired of being negative, quite honestly. And I know that the, um, the Brooklyn Nets had a game where they were pretty much winning the entire game. And, of course, you know, Spider Mitchell had to come in and steal their hearts at the end of the game with a, you know, they played sloppy basketball too, let's be honest. They had a, a terrible shot blocked. Then they had a late steal. They tied the game for Mitchell, and then they give up the three-pointer. There's some contact there, but he hits the three to beat them. But, uh, Cam Thomas was unbelievable with 36 points. So they have a heartbreaking loss where they played well early on, got out of the gate slow, down big, uh, down big early, come back, take the lead, felt good about the game for you know pretty much the entire second half, and then feel like it got one got away on opening night. But that's what we do here in New York. That's what we do. We lose. It's very unfortunate. It's starting to get to me. It's it's actually killing my voice. Eight seven seven. Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's talk a little hoops. Maybe I want to know, Nick fans, how frustrated are you with last night? It's opening night. Basketball's back. They're playing the Boston Celtics. That's a tough game to win, even at home. You'd like to get it, no doubt, especially considering how you know the schedule kind of is tough, and you hit the road for a few games in a row here. Uh, and it can be a uh, you know a challenging start to the season. You don't want to fall behind. It would have been a game you would have liked to have win. You had every opportunity to win it. You're leading late in the game momentum on your side and and you blow it but at the same time you didn't play that well and yet you battled and gritted it out and we're right there at, if you're going to just hit some foul shots which is frustrating there's always you know that's the best shot in basketball and whenever you're as poor whenever you're shooting 53% from the free throw line you miss that many shots you miss 12 free throws in an NBA basketball game especially against the team the quality of the Boston Celtics you're not going to win that game like it's just that's it's just that plain and simple you are going to have a very tough time beating the Boston Celtics, missing 12 free throws. I mean, you could break the game just that. I could have come on here and said, Knicks missed 12 free throws, 877-337-6666. That's the game. That's the game. Porzingis' play, their inability to hit shots early on, especially from even up close against the basket, and their inability to hit free throws are why they lost this game. But despite all that, and despite their two best players being no-shows, they had guys step up, Quickly, R.J. Barrett, namely, Hardenstein, different guys like that. The depth of this team, which is their biggest strength, arguably, step up and take the Boston Celtics right down to the wire. So for tonight, I'm go- this morning, should I say, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to feel good about it. I'm going to just say, hey, one down, 81 to go. 
And ultimately, I think those two guys will play better. And if they do, they could win this game. And if they hit their freaking free throws, they could too. All right, I'm going to break because I feel like my voice is getting worse as I go along here. It's getting more high-pitched and harder to understand. I've said some of the things I've said three or four times already. So we're going to go. We're going to take your phone calls and let you carry the show. Is that all right? 877-337-6666. I'm in the newsroom. I'm talking to people. I feel good. I feel much better than I have the last two days. I'm like, all right, the voice is better. I got a big cup of tea. I brought in this hot cup specifically because the tea gets cold very quickly. So I brought in this metal tin cup, you know, a thermos. That's the word for it, thermos. And I filled it to the top, and I thought, well, I have so much water, I got to put two tea bags in there because one tea bag, I'll barely taste the tea. I can't even drink it. It's so heavy tea flavored. I'm not a big tea guy. I've ruined this enormous cup of tea. But I'm not going to let the Knicks ruin my night. That's right. It's Thursday. We got Thursday night football. Jets and Giants are coming up. Dable says they are not trading Saquon Barkley no matter what. Daniel Jones probably isn't playing. Oh, and by the way, a little bit of Yankee news coming out. Is it just typical Yankee hogwash or is there something behind it? When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Just talking with Flegelman, he's not nearly as positive as I am after one game with the Knicks, mainly because the season just started. I can't I can't just drown in my sorrows after one night. We know what they are. We know what they're not. The Celtics are a bad basketball team. The Celtics are a team that, because of the players they have on that team, they're competing for a championship. The Knicks are not. All right, we know that. That's why I went on the other day and I was talking about the idea that n- nobody necessarily loves the fit um, that Embiid presents. It's not perfect. I do think him and Brunson would be an interesting dynamic, but but oh, you would actually you, you're a, you're an, you're willing to trade Embiid for Embiid guy. You know what I'll say? And Embiid has been a massive disappointment at times in the postseason. Yeah, put him alongside Jalen Brunson instead of like a guy like James Harden, who's the yeah. ultimate quitter. Yeah, I think you. I think there's an untapped. Yeah. Side of Embiid we haven't seen in the postseason. I, I think that's a, a fair point. Uh, I don't, again, I mean, all we have to do is what we've seen, and he's not the perfect guy, but he's a absolute superstar. He's an MVP. He's a, a all-world talent, and he instantly gives the Knicks credibility they haven't had in forever. So, it's yeah, are there maybe a handful of guys I'd prefer? But I can't wait around because I don't want to – know, take positives out of a loss to the Celtics on opening night because that's where the Knicks are for me, where I know what they are, I know what their limit is, I know what they're capable of, and despite not playing their best game, they were right there with the Celtics. So for me, that's kind of a positive. But ultimately, the overriding theme is the Knicks don't have what it takes to win a championship. But I, I mean, on opening night, after one game, I think you could look at this game on itself because I do think the Knicks are a playoff team. 
I do think the Knicks have a possibility if they can find themselves in the, certainly in the 4-5 game again, 4-5 uh, bracket again. I think they're capable whether it being a 5 or a 4 seed. Like I don't think that I, I don't think there are without question four better teams in the Eastern Conference right now. I think there's two for, for sure, probably three. But I think they're right there in the middle of the pack of playoff teams in the in the Eastern Conference. And for a night where they didn't play very well, and Porzingis in his first game as a Celtic scores the most points ever by a Boston Celtics in his Celtic debut, and Tatum still had 34. I mean, he wasn't great, 13 for 22 uh, from the field, 3 for 8 from three-point land, 5 for 6 from the uh, free throw line, 11, 11 rebounds. I mean, he was... He was taken. So on a night where they're getting to know each other, they played relatively well, their top guys. Porzingis went off, blocking shots and hitting threes. The Knicks didn't play very well, and still we're right there at the end. I'm going to take a positive out of it for tonight. We'll see where it goes, but ultimately, it's all, it's, it is my positivity is also a bit, I suppose, of a referendum on what I – think about them if I thought this was a championship team maybe I'm pissed off more about last night because that's a big game against the Celtics that you want to get and because I don't think that that's a huge game against the Celtics that can cost them down the road I'm kind of okay with it so I don't know how I feel about it. it's a little bit of both I'm, I'm somewhat positive but ultimately my positivity lies in negativity which just sucks Aiden Aiden in Point Pleasant what's up Aiden Thanks for taking my call, man. <clears throat> Excuse me, I forgot to turn the button off. I, no, I'm, you're, you're good. I'm trying, uh, I'm trying, Aiden. Go ahead. What's up? Uh, I I love listening to your show, man. Being a being a bartender and getting home late nights is it's great to listen. Well, thank uh, you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Home. That's that uh, honestly I, sounded very sincere, and I appreciate it. Thank you for I, thank yeah, you for listening. Course. Thank you for making the time. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I yell and sometimes I have fun with the callers, but ultimately I love all of you guys and I appreciate uh, uh, welcoming me into the family. We're still kind of just getting to know each other. It's only been a few months, but so thank you. That was kind of you. Yeah, man, I've been listening to the, the fans since I was four years old. My father's been, mm-hmm. uh, had it on since I was that young, but uh, being a bartender, listening to late night shows is best. Um, I'm lucky enough to have TVs, obviously, in my job, so I got to watch the the Knicks game tonight, yep. and obviously it was it was hard to see uh, Porzingis, you know, go off, especially on the Celtics against the Knicks. But I mean, we were right in it. We really yeah. were, and uh, and just even with everybody not not everybody playing great, you know, Randall Brunson had a rough night, but yep. to see RJ play well when he was so inconsistent last year, and yep. uh, obviously it's great to watch quickly go off, you know? Yeah, quickly's um, just a fun player to watch, man. He comes in and he's instantly so um what Doris uh Clark call uh you know um jittery. Like he's got that quick twitch kind of move to him. He's able to, you know, without without size, he's able to create space to get his shot off. Uh he's he's electric. He's got that floater that's just a, a beautiful thing to watch. He's just a fun, fun player to watch. And one of those right off the bench instant offense, you know it's coming. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love watching quickly. He was great tonight. A hundred percent. And when, when he's hot, he's, he's hot. Yeah. I no, mean, when he's hot, it. he's hot. And it's, it's fun to watch. And he knows it. And he's very comfortable taking shots. There's no shot. He doesn't, he's, he's too bashful to take, 
Like, I just, uh, I, I like his toughness. I like everything about him. Quickly is a very, very good player. And we'll see. Hopefully the Knicks keep him and the Knicks uh, can match whatever offer he gets in free in restricted free agency this offseason because I would hate to see him go somewhere else. For sure. And and, and I think they're – and obviously, I, being Matthew Knicks fan, you know, I, I hate to see them lose. But there were a lot of positives in that game, even not playing so well. You lose by four to a team that's up in the favorites to win, I mean, the, the finals. But yeah. the, the free throws, they kill me. Oh. I, I Ah, it is so it is Brutal. so hard to watch, and this was a problem last year. Even with the, I mean, wonderful season I got to watch last year. Yeah, I just I I have I have such a hard time watching them miss free throws. You yeah. know, and and I don't mean to be the guy sitting on the couch watching the TV being ah, oh, you're in the NBA. I yeah, no, I, I get you. But, but no, it, but you're it, not wrong. Really, you're not wrong. It's really tough to watch, and 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 it goes with the saying: free throws win championships. And, yep, and. You you see it you you see it, 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 it even being up six you see it, you miss a couple free throws and all Killer. of a sudden there goes the game and yeah. the last the last few minutes I I'm nervous I'm ignoring a guest and forgetting a martini and watching the game but the the free throws are are, are killer and and I just like I I really hope that's something that Tibbs really I mean gets through their heads because it, it, it's hard to watch and, and it, it cost them one too many games last year and and the same the same thing will happen this year if it, it if it, if it doesn't change it, it really makes a difference oh of course no it's it's absolutely killer and especially you know i mean you understand you know robinson's not a great free, free throw shooter so he goes over to oh, you get it but like yeah. some of the other guys i mean you know randall can't go one for five from from the free throw line you just can't do it you can't you can't shoot twenty percent from the free throw line in a game. I don't care. It's just you can't, can't do it. Um, RJ was the only one who hit his foul shot, six for seven. Brunson only took one in this game. That's another problem. He's got to get to the line more often. He's zero for one. Grimes zero for one. I mean, the Brunson one was on a on a um, a, a, a foul, a, a technical foul shot, and he missed it. I mean. You got to he, he so he didn't even get to the line. I mean, you know, not really. He just didn't he didn't look right from the jump. Just one of those nights where nothing was falling for him. Rocco in Saratoga, what's up, Rocco? Hey, C Mac, it's you, me, and Bigelow T tonight. Yeah. Also, my throat's <laughs> feeling a little iffy. You know, I hear you. So I think I hit it off. Right, C Mac. Hey, thanks for being a team player. I know you're tougher than Danny Dimes. Yeah, you came in. Yeah, well, right. Danny, I think Danny Dimes is pretty tough, but uh, I don't think he's going to yeah, play again tough. this week. You're tougher, C Mac. Come you. on, huh? hey, Juan Soto, Juan Soto alert, Juan, Juan Soto, Soto alert, alert. Juan Soto alert. Yeah. Well, we'll get yeah. to that. Um, well, the the question, right. we'll, right. the question let's, let's is, is okay. All right, let's so, yeah. talk Nick. Let's talk Nick then, Rocco. Made, yeah, let's talk Nick. If they would have made free throws. They could have won this game. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And Porzingis, I knew the dude was perfect fit for the Celtics. That's yeah. why they, when when they traded for him, I went out and bought thousands, not thousands, I'm exaggerating, right. hundreds of Porzingis cards, autographed ones, all yeah. kinds of Porzingis. I knew he would fit perfectly. I know I know he's going to blow up in Boston if he stays healthy. Got to stay healthy. That's the only thing with yeah. him, right? Yeah, got, but if he did, I, I'm picking the Celtics to win it all this year. 
And I'm not a Celtics fan. I'm a yeah. Knicks fan. No, I mean, it's, you know it, that. It's definitely possible. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, Brown, underrated. He's yeah. an underrated. They well, signed him long term. Yeah. Why did they do that? They know. They signed him to a lot of money. Everyone else doesn't know. And, and Tatum, okay. And then with Porzingis, come on. I, I'll, t- I'll put them up against uh, Milwaukee. No, I think yeah. Well, because we gotta, we we got, both teams made additions. You got to see how it plays out. You know, we got to see what Lillard uh, right. and Giannis do together. But... And, and, hey, don't forget, and and Drew in Boston has Drew there. Yeah, right. Yeah, Drew. Now, come on. Yeah. yeah. So they made additions too, and they made good ones. And and I think this game, the Knicks, that shows you how the potential of the Knicks are there. They're not quite there, but the fact that they played them, if they would have made free throws, they would have won this game. Quick is, they got to keep him. They got to keep the guy. He's a defensive, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think they got to keep him too. I mean, I know they didn't come to a contract negotiate, uh, a a contract extension with him. I still think they want to keep him. My only fear is, is that, like, I don't know how Leon Rose looks at it. Uh, The worst thing that could happen is if you don't, you lose them for nothing. Like, you know, they have the opportunity to match. Yeah, no. uh, but if someone pays them a lot of money and they don't, you know, I, I'm just. Yeah, that's the only problem. If someone overpays them, you know. Well, the fear but, then but it depends on how well he's playing, how how well the team is doing. Would they, would they move him during the season to just make sure they get something for him instead of just letting him go for nothing? So I'm a little worried about that. Let's see it play out. But I'm not too worried about it at the moment. He's a great player. Uh, he feels like a Nick. And he was great in this game. He was keeping them afloat, let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. If it weren't for him, they lose this game by 15 points. He was the one guy who was consistently hitting his shots. 7 for 11 from the field, 5 for 7 from 3, 5 for 6 from the free throw lines. The only one hit his free throws, too. I mean, you know, so I mean, he got 6 rebounds. He, he did everything in this game. 4 assists, 24 points. He spread his points uh, scoring out over, you know, he had a, he had six, eight, eight in every quarter. Like, he was just a consistent player for them. And when on nights where Brunson doesn't have it, especially early on in the season, I would think, or when Brunson needs a, a, a blow, quickly is the guy who can come in and give you that offense and run the team. And you saw a little bit with them together on the court for a little bit as he, he came in for Grimes for a little bit. Uh, we'll see how that dynamic plays out. Really, the 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 main thing with the bench right now is as much as you like Hardenstein, they don't really have a f- they don't really have a backup four. Like when Randall's off the floor, they don't have if 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 they come into a situation where they have to go up against size, they really don't have. Well, they can run small with anyone. So if someone goes small, you know they can run small. They got Hart, they got uh, quickly Divincenzo, but if someone goes big. You know they don't really have. I mean, that's why you might, you might, you didn't see him in the game tonight. There's been some talk about uh, Sims being someone that could see the court a little bit more this year and kind of be that guy if, if needed uh, when a when a team goes size against Randall off the floor. But I mean, ultimately, you know who they are. They are who they are. It's not quite good enough to win a championship, but it should be good enough to compete inside this Eastern Conference. And last night. They shot the ball terribly, especially early on. They played well in the second half. They came all the way back. They hit their three-pointers at a great clip for not being able to shoot. I mean, that's a – like, I'd have to go back and think about that. To shoot as a team 
as low as they did from the field. 37%, but 43 from three, 43.9 from three. It's just, it feels weird to me. Maybe it's not as weird as I think. So many teams shoot so many threes these days, but 37 overall from, from, uh, from the field, but 43.9, 44% from three-point line, and 53 from the foul line. It's just, it's an odd thing. They shot terrible everywhere except from behind the arc. That's just a, an odd game. And their two best players didn't play well at all. Brunson had a terrible game, 6 for 21, and Randall was 5 for 22. They just didn't play well. And yet, if they hit foul shots down the stretch of this game, they they win this game. They were right there to beat the Celtics, who I agree with, Rocco. I think the Celtics absolutely could end up being the best team in the Eastern Conference. Even with the Lillard trade to the Bucks, Giannis and Lillard, I still think. And especially if Porzingis is going to play like this. And, you know, it's funny because that was like the – the moment in the crowd, like, you know, it's it's fun. Porzingis is, will always have a weird kind of place with the Nick, Nick fan base. Like, he gets drafted and mercilessly booed, right? We hated the pick. Then he starts to play, and he's the next great player. And, and you just, oh, my God, you're bowing at the altar of the unicorn that is Porzingis. Then it gets a little wonky. Him and his brother want out. It doesn't work out between him and the coach. They move him. He doesn't really catch on. I mean, no, he played well in 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 Dallas and in in uh, uh, in Washington. But I mean, I think Rocco's right. If if he fits this team, like I think he can, the Celtics, and he comes into the Garden and puts up thirty, the 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 crowd is. Chanting F. Porzingis after the uh, hitting Hardenstein in the face, which, by the way, on that play, I don't know what he's supposed to do. Like, he's coming down for a rebound, and I don't blame Hardenstein either. Like, he's going after the ball. They're in each other's faces. He's allowed to try and pull the ball away. They're fighting for the basketball. And he catches him not even with an elbow, but the forearm. Like, I don't know what he's supposed to do. But whatever the case may be, that leads to the, the chanting inside the building. But he was great in this game. I mean, he was he was absolutely great in this game. He's got eight, he got eight rebounds, four blocks, 30 points, hit the dagger three. He was just, you know, early on he was intimidating in the, in the paint. He probably had a lot to do with some of the poor shooting inside the, the paint early on in this game. Like Porzingis was just excellent. And he had a moment. He had a moment inside the garden. His return to the garden with a, a, a hated, now a much, you know, a hated Celtic uniform. This, he's definitely been to the garden before. Right? He's been back. He was back in Washington. No way he wasn't. He definitely was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure he was. But now really in a hated Celtic uniform, and especially early on, he scores 15 points before you know it. I think he had 15 in the first quarter, and he's, you know, dominating the Knicks who can't shoot to start the game, and it's like, oh, boy. I even made a, a, a quick remark in yesterday's show. I said, well, if the Knicks lose and Porzingis drops 40, we'll be having a different conversation. You almost got there. Jerry in the Bronx. What's up, Jerry? Hey, how's it going, man? Love the show. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, I I just want to try to make a point here. I, I see the Knicks, this team being like um a, a better version of the 2015 Hawks. You know, not really a, a big star name, but... A lot of cohesive units playing together. Maybe if they just ease off the, 
you know, ISO Randall and, maybe, you know, isolation plays with Brunson. I, I really see this team being like a, you know, just a, a Hawks, a 2015 Hawks uh, 2.0. Um. Okay. I mean that that's fine, but wh- where does that get you? Right. Right. Where does that ultimately? Uh, where does that get them? Like, what's the what's your wildest best case scenario? What, what's the best I, the Knicks could do? I, I mean, I mean, as a Knicks fan, uh, Eastern Conference Final would be right. You know, remarkable right, at, at, right now, right in twenty twenty three. Yeah. No. I mean, I I would say there is a that is. I agree with you. The, to me, the best case scenario is they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That would be amazing if they could do that. Uh, now, last year it broke where you thought they should have been in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I mean, if if it works out like that, that would be nice. Now, listen, you can't have games like this, and they they still need to add. I mean, you know, you look at the team; it's just you know what they are and you know what they're not. And Julius Randle, unfortunately, didn't do anything last night, at least, to change the image of him in big games. Now, again, last night's opening night against the Celtics, it's not the biggest game in the world, but he just he just had an awful game, and ultimately we've seen that too much with him down the stretch of seasons and into the playoffs. He's been a miserable playoff performer, even during, you know, the the two great years with the Knicks. He's been he's been an all pro, he's been an all NBA player, and then he's been a terrible playoff performer. Now he had the ankle injury last year. You want to give him a break? Fine. But ultimately, he's the Knicks are only as good as Julius Randle is. Like they only go as far as Julius Randle takes them. Like the, he is, to me, he's the most important player on the team. I mean, Brunson. I still, you know, you could argue Brunson wasn't even an All Star, let alone a amazingly enough, but let alone an All NBA player. But I think we all trust. Brunson to be the leader of this team and the best player on this team in the biggest games and the biggest moments. But Randall needs to be that second guy, and he needs to be the playmaking Randall. He needs to be the guy who can make the good passes. He needs the guy who can get some rebounds. He needs to be the guy who can hit his three-pointers, and he certainly needs to be a guy who can do better than one from one for five from the free-throw line, which is another issue he's had in his career and in his Nick career is hitting big foul shots and big moments to ice games away. He's been brutal at it. Last year was a little bit better at times, but for the most part, he's had a history of being terrible from the free throw line in clutch moments. And last night, again, if you want to look at the negative of it, I'm taking the positive that those two guys didn't play well. The negative is this is a big, and they were still in it. That's my positive kind of spin on it from last night. It's just I want to be positive. It's one game in, and I did see some things I liked. But if you want the negative spin on it, it's easy. Boston Celtics, big game. Porzingis shows up. You know the element of him and what the his relationship to the Nick the Garden fan base and this Nick team and he comes out firing scores fifteen points and Randall can't hit a shot couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat five for twenty two three for eight from three point land one for five from the free throw line just did not did not look at all getting a shot blocked on ISO like just did not look nice it, it was a a rough game for him. And Brunson didn't play well. And they did all the little things to lose this game with a lead. So their two best players, including Randall, who now, you know, kind of has the reputation of not playing well in big games, don't play well. They still have an opportunity to win the game. They make mistakes and miss foul shots. Like, you want to win these games? You want to be a team that can win these games? You need to hit your foul shots. You need to be better down the stretch of the game. You need to hit your shots early on. You can't miss from, you know, point blank range. 
You can't be five for 22 from, from field. You can't have a field percentage of 37. You can't shoot 37% from the field, bottom line. And you certainly can't shoot 53% from the free throw line. Michael in Little Ferry, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey. Hey, uh, Chris. Hey. How's it going tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, listen. One thing I wanted to say is I'm an actually Indiana Patriots fan. I know it's kind of weird, but I think the Patriots are going to be a sleeper team in the East this year. But they, with the additions of um, you know, Bruce Brown, they got Obi Toppin, and then plus Halliburton. Yeah. Benedict Mathurin's due for a breakout year. I think the Patriots have an incredible offense. I didn't know that they just beat Washington. But even yeah. so, they put up 143 points tonight. They did. I think the Patriots can really shock some. They can shock some people. Yeah, man, listen. I, I, I guess I could see that. Um, they did beat the Wizards. They scored uh, 146 points. Uh, 143, excuse me. Uh, Toppin. Yeah. I just want to look at that. Yeah, Toppin played 19 minutes. He was four for nine from the uh, two for five from three, four for nine overall. Look at Bruce Brown too. Yeah, I think he made act six threes tonight too. Yeah, he was six for eight from three point land. Yeah, they shot well from three as well. Forty six percent from three, fifty two percent from the floor, ninety one percent from the free throw line. That's what you need to do. They only shot yeah. twelve. They only shot twelve free throws though, so it's not a lot of. And then C two, you got to beat the teams you you have to beat. Like you got to yeah. beat teams like Washington. Got to beat teams like Detroit. And if the, yeah. you know the Pacers can get in. It could be a nice little rivalry, the Pacers and the Knicks. You figure, you know, a little oh, matchup for five that's, or three. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because for me that's still it. Last year there was a lot of talk, and thank you for the call. Um, you know, 248 on the fan. I really don't feel like breaking down the Indiana Pacers with you, but I will I will say this. Uh, I, I, I could see that. I mean, they they scored a lot of points. Brown's a good player. Uh, I mean, I guess they could, you know, sneak in. I, I haven't. I haven't thought too much about the Pacers as a, a, a legitimate team this year, but I do think the rivalry is always special for me. Now, I grew up, obviously, as a 90s kid. I grew up with those 90s Knicks. Loved every one of them. Um, but it came up a lot with the uh, with the Miami C- series last year and the idea of who's the Knicks' biggest rivalry either now or throughout history or whatever, and I... I Maybe now it's the Heat. They played them last year. They played them. They beat them during the uh, the Mellow era. But for me, I still see red when I see the Pacers. That is still the series and the team that I just can't stand. Like I still see Reggie Miller hitting those threes with with eight seconds left or six seconds left. Like I still see him giving the choke signal. I still see him and Rick Smiths and uh, you know. Dale Davis and all, all those guys. Like, you know, I just hated that team. Mark Jackson for a year. Like, those those Pacer teams were the worst. I hated Rick Smiths. Oh, my God. I hated I hated the – well, he was the Flying Dutchman, right? Same as uh, – I hated him. I hated those Pacer teams. Those, those, those Pacer series were unbelievable. They were so much fun. The Bulls ones were good, too, but you never thought you could win. We were all, even back then, I was just, you know, you're completely immersed in the idea that Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever and doesn't lose. Like, that's just what it was. That's how we. That's how I felt as a kid. I was like, we're not going to beat the Bulls with Michael Jordan, that's for sure. Um, so, like, the Pacer series, we're literally like, okay, we, we should and could win this series. But those were, those were brutal battles. And let's be fair, they also, I mean, I said they, during the uh, mellow, Obviously, the the Pacers beat the um, Mellow Mellow Knicks as well. Like to me, it's still the Pacers. 
That's the bit. For me, the Nick rivalry, it's not the Heat. It's the Pacers. If I see the Pacers, I hate the Pacers. That's that's the one team I don't want to lose to. And I, and that would be fun if they were to suddenly have a pop-up season and the added element of Obi Toppin on the Pacers. And to bring back all those memories, which were, you know, in some ways fun, in some ways freaking miserable. But it would be nice to get back to those teams. It would be nice to have a Nick season where you felt like you went in. You know, it's interesting. Because you went in knowing you probably couldn't beat the Bulls, right? That was the feel. I know they had the two years, obviously, where the the Rockets won both years. But it's similar to now, I suppose. Because, I mean, I don't remember thinking about it as analytically as I do now. I just said a, a terrible word. I apologize for my potty mouth, analytics. But like, I don't d- I dive in as deep. I guess I'm not as aware of all this. Like, they were the Knicks. They had Patrick Ewing. Of course they could win. But like looking back on it now, if I if I were thirty nine year old uh, McMonagle radio host, would I look at those teams differently and say, "Oh, there's no way they're beaten"? Like, do we look at that? Has the NBA, you know, oh Patrick Ewing doesn't have a secondary star, and Michael Jordan's the best, and him and Pippen can't be beat, and you know this Bulls team they can't beat this Bulls team. Like, what's the point? You're playing for second place. Like, is that the conversation we would probably have now, or at least we are having now? I'm literally having it now. As I'm speaking, I'm having it out. Knicks aren't good enough to win a championship. Now let's just hopefully they can get to an Eastern Conference Finals. Boy, would that be great. Hey, maybe they win 50 games this year. Wouldn't that be something? Like ultimately they need a oh, Embiid isn't perfect, but hey, at least he's a superstar. He he gives you a chance to win a championship. He puts you in that conversation. But like back then it never felt like that. We knew that Patrick Ewing didn't have a secondary star. Starks was a good player. Oakley was a good player. Derek Hopper was a good player. I can't say it any other way. I apologize. But we knew they didn't have a, he didn't have a secondary star. Allen Houston was a good player. But ultimately, did you ever think they could beat the Bulls? I wonder if that... Like, I don't remember... I remember a little bit. I didn't really start getting into sports radio until the 96 World Series. And even a little bit after that. My heyday with Mike and the Mad Dog was uh, 2003 and 2004 Yankees Red Sox. That's when I, I mean, I would listen to them. I'd have them on in the car with my dad when I was younger. And I guess I remember some of it in 94 with Knicks and Rangers and stuff, but not as much as 2003 and 2004. That's when I really started becoming a a religious listener of the Mike and the Mad Dog program, at least. But I mean, I grew up with it listening to it throughout the years, but the Yankees were guaranteed to win, and then I didn't have to listen to them that too much. But I, the first time I really remember listening to them at all was the 96 World Series, and they were on after all those games. And my Uncle Peter used to tell me he was going to listen to Mike and the Mad Dog after the game and everything. That's when I started to listen to them. But did that 94 team, was that that same feeling like, hey, they can't win? I don't think so. I think everyone expected them to be able to win. Different world. Now we just look at it and go, it's a superstar league. They don't have enough superstars. Let's just leave it right there. Hopefully they can have a nice game. Hopefully, you know, Brunson's a nice little player. Maybe they can get to an Eastern Conference Finals. But ultimately, you know, the Knicks can't win. Right? That's why Chris is positive about losing games to the Celtics. Because, hey, they sure did give it the college try. 877-337-6666. Continue to take your phone calls on the Knicks. We'll get to the football 
Rocco did mention Juan Soto. And I'm not sure yet, and I guess we'll find out as the months and weeks play out, whether or not I'm furious with Andy Martino or whether I'm going to go find him and buy him lunch. I don't know. I'm, right now, I've, uh, that Yankee story and, and Juan Soto, it sure feels like something we've got before. I'll explain later. It feels like similar Yankee news that we have gotten before. We'll get to that. And everyone's talking about, I want to get to this too, everyone's talking about the midday show and what they had to say earlier in the day and what happened with Sal and Tierney. But I heard Gio say something yesterday that I just can't live with. I won't accept. We'll get to that.